Thank you, Dr. Summers. You've given me some very valuable information. Now, to put it to use. Hello and welcome to Elgamer the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah and I am joined by a legend of the Apex <laughs> variety today. Oh my uh, gosh, it's so funny we get to say that, isn't it? <laughs> I secretly love it. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fun. Not just any legend, but someone who was there from the beginning. You know, you were in Titanfall 2 yes. as, as Ash. And um, that was a fun boss fight. And um, never in a million years have I ever thought that they would ever bring her her, her back. But um, yeah, she's back. She's here. And she's here taking over, <laughs> being rude about everything. That's just how she does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anna Campbell, how you doing? I'm so good. It's so lovely to be here with you. I mean, first question is the obvious one, but like, how did we get here? How did you get started? What made you want to get into acting and all that stuff? Uh, dumb luck is the obvious answer to all of that, right? Um, I, I knew I wanted to act when I was tiny, tiny, tiny. I mean, I'm, the thing that brings me the most to acting is the psychology of humans. I really love trying to figure out how the heck people got the way they are. I think it's the most fascinating thing in the world and trying to figure that out for myself as well. Um, but I knew when I was eight, I was like, what is going on with that person over there? I want to understand it. I don't want to judge it. I don't want to change it. I just want to understand how that thing happened that way. Um and, you know, uh, I remember auditioning in sixth grade for the, you know, musical of the year and not getting in and going to watch it and being like, yeah, no, I still think I could do that. <laughs> auditioning the next year and getting one of the leads. So this is just my path. This is just clearly where I'm supposed to be headed. And voiceover is a um, an almost accidental, uh, wonderful, and it's not even a detour. It's a bonus for me um, along my, my journey there. I just love it because you get into this and you don't know where you're, where um, it's going to take you. Like, you know, you could play a mom on a sitcom or you can play mm -hmm. an evil robot in a video game. I know how cool I get to be both things. Isn't that amazing? Um, that, that's exactly my spread too, by the way, is mom to evil robot. And even when I was, you know, 21 and first in Los Angeles, I was never playing the ingenue and and so when I when I look back on it like that, I was never the young, pretty thing or anything, not knocking my own looks. I think I'm great, but it wasn't the thing that I was doing. And I just remember aging into my my voice, really, and realizing, oh, this sort of voice of reason, this grounded thing, this I know better than you quality that my voice just naturally has. Of course, that doesn't lend itself to teenagers and 20 somethings who are like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and so I'm, I'm delighted to have finally kind of found my spot in the industry uh, as late as it may feel. I'm into it. <laughs> Stick and, it out. That's what they always say. <laughs> but like... It's so weird because I, I I keep forgetting Apex is set in the Titanfall universe because they barely ever <laughs> acknowledge it. Right. And yeah. when Ash, when I first saw Ash, you know, was coming back, I'm like, wait a minute, is that Ash? Is that the evil robot from the Titan from Titanfall Two? Is that the same yeah. voice actress? Because it's been so long. It was like seven. It was like five years had passed well, that was since. The isn't that the funniest? Like, so the best thing for me has been, 
you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? You're a legend. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? What does that mean? So, you know, my one of my dear friends, Elle Newlands, right, who, um, who has the, who's also one of the legends, she's like, this is huge. You don't even understand what this means. But I didn't audition for it, right? I auditioned eight, eight years ago for a completely different project and was lucky enough that they liked my work enough and wanted to bring me back. And I guess also that the character just gained that popularity. Um, but that that was you know, I'm just, I got really fortunate with this one and it's turned into this massive, massive part of my career that I just can't, you know, can't, don't want to escape. It's, it's the, this big thing for me. So, um, yeah, I, I get it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> no, because it was weird because I remember two years ago when they did the whole horizon uh, story trailer, you were in that mm-hmm. and I had no idea your character was the same, you know, was pre was Ash pre operation. Like right, no one knew right. that. <laughs> no, no. And that was very deliberate. And, you know, I have, I have very different, I use very different parts of my voice for each. And there's obviously a lot of um, digital stuff that they do to, in, you know, enhance the ash part of it uh, completely. But even that has gotten more extreme in the two, you know, and being able to play the two different sides of, of Ash and Dr. Reed uh, at the same time. So it's been a wonderful journey as an actor to get to, to play around with both sides of those. No, and I, and I watched the short that they put out, and I'm just impressed by how you managed to play basically the same person, but they're not the same person because it's just almost split personality, but I don't want to say split personality because I don't know what, what they're going for because the lore is obviously changing, so I don't want to be like, oh, I have a theory that this is <laughs> – because it's, it's going to be dated by the time this comes out, but <laughs> – Things change all the time, but they've actually been very careful about not uh, putting it in a completely psychological diagnosable place, right? Um, there, you know, I mean, the split personality is a real is a real psychological issue, and so we haven't defined it exactly like that. But there's this part of her that's trapped, and then there's this, there's this part of her that can do anything, and they have to be the same person because there's only one one thing in there. And the idea that there's this one section that's complete freedom, and then there's just the one section that can't do anything about what happens and can't have any responsibility for the complete freedom. I find that so much fun to play with, um, and you know, I, I hope you hear a little bit, but sometimes it can make her crazy, right? She can't change it. Um, and especially since playing Ash is such a, you know, neutral monotone sort of a world for me to get to play with the extreme ranges of my voice. Um, is It's nice to be able to get to do both. No, it's so creepy listening to Ash because she has a very monotone, very, um, I don't know what the word is to describe it, like very general way of speaking like she could slit someone's throat and just be like well whatever you know (laughs) she probably will yeah no i very deliberately use about three notes of my voice when i'm playing with ash um and uh that's that's deliberate that in fact one of the first directions that i ever got that was like got it that's where we want to lock this thing in uh my session director said you know that thing where it feels like you're like staring off in a middle distance and just sort of saying the thing that's where Ash lives. I was like, oh yeah, I got it. So whenever I'm doing too much for her or wherever I'm getting a little bit too excited in the booth, I literally just stare off into space, let my eyes go blank and just repeat the line. And they're like, that's it. (laughs) So it really is as absolutely unaffected by the emotional content around her. And she's also completely self-obsessed, right? I mean, all that matters is the win. All that matters is her goals, her, um, uh, you know, uh, w- what she wants to get done, right, and winning. And that there's something 
both admirable about that and completely terrifying, right? That's how you get autocrats. That's how you get all of these terrifying things. Yeah, it's it's so... Gosh, I could sit here all day and just like psychoanalyze a fiction. Me too. That's the fun part. Let's do it. (laughs) No, but like, how do you find the humanity in that? Because you're playing an evil robot. Like, how do you find the humanity in that? Well, look, we all compartmentalize everything, right? We all have developed a way of surviving uh, that lends itself to our world. One of my favorite things when I studied psychology um, was the idea that, you know, we basically are all, there's one theory. Um, that's called, you know, computer theory, basically, where we are, we're all just programmed with the information that we have. And so we all think that we're living in the same world. But in fact, we all are programmed with a completely different information set. And so you can only operate and make decisions based on the information set that you have. So I think that's, again, when we talk about the split between um, the Ash and Ashley, Right. One of them has a lot more information and the other is like, I can't deal with all that information. Let me just deal with the win. Let me just focus on you know, getting through the game, getting through this world, conquering this level. And, and that's what makes her so deliciously evil and, you know, fun to play. But also, you know, it, it's not that she's not human. It's just that she's only existing within a very tight, 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 tight section of what humanity has available. Right. Um, and but she had to to survive. Literally, she wouldn't be here if that wasn't, you know, the only thing she was capable of doing. It's kind of cool, terrifying and cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and um, I love the fact that they're not playing her as a stereotypical cartoon villain. She's very much grounded in reality, and I feel like that is that must be very challenging as an actress because you you know you're going in and you're given these specs and you're like, okay, you're playing an evil robot, but you can't go. Can't go Megatron. Don't we don't want Megatron? <laughs> well, that's interesting actually, because I'm not even sure if I could do Megatron. Right? My my training and my interest lies so much in you know basing something in humanity, basing in something in you know a version of truth. That for me, I'm I'm very lucky as an actor to have a ridiculously overactive imagination. <laughs> so what what happens for me is I literally go into a place where I put into my head what I imagine the world to be. And sometimes there's concept art for it and sometimes there's not. But I try to really just genuinely go play there. And poor Ash lives in a world where she's just got to kill people to survive and that's, that's it, right? So, um, you know, I, I guess I just, I do the same thing that I would do for any character, which is I, I narrow the focus. I find the things that matter to her and I find the, um, the only bits that, that exist. And even the way she talks to her teammates when, when we opened it up and started doing that, because, you know, I got to play around with the idea that she thought she was dominant, um, you know, in the, the battles right when she was telling everybody you know how bored she was by the what was it um what do you call those things <laughs> this is where i get really bad because i'm not good at playing the game um but where she was announcing um she was like do this for my amusement right come on kill each other let's go let's do this thing so when she gets back out there she doesn't deal with the one-on-one there's no the, the relationships don't matter to her except in that she thinks all emotions and people and decisions that people would make from an emotional standpoint are ridiculous. <laughs> so the way she responds to the other characters around her are very different from some of them. And we have really interesting conversations in the booth where it's like, oh, normally we'd throw in a little snide there, but you can't for Ash because she doesn't do that. She just bluntly says the thing that she um, thinks not feels, right? So she's basically like um, uh, a Vulcan from Star Trek, but if you just like removed... Uh, you know any sure any semblance of um 
of emotion from them. Kindness and goodness, right? The Vulcans at least are like trying to, they think they're using logic to try to figure something out, right? Like to try to make things better and to try, Ash doesn't care. She just wants to win. There's no, because the Vulcans have a group mindset, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, it's been a hot second since I was watching enough Star Trek to, to feel like I'm an expert on this. But I feel like with the Vulcans, right, it was like, let's let's figure this out. Let's learn from our mistakes. Let's never do that again. And Ash was like, F you, we're going to go shoot some people. So it, it, the, the mindset difference would be operating in a completely solo world. I mean, that's that's the loneliest thing about about her as a character and about playing her is you know, she really just if she, if if it wasn't for her own existence, it, like nothing else matters. It just does not matter. And the rat. I mean, the rat is pretty cute. He's kind of cute. She's kind of cute. <laughs> and and um what i love about uh your your interpretation of the character and the writing in general is that you can tell just by the body language the way she talks and and everything about her she is the hero of her own story oh yeah and right. and i mean like because because people throw that term around whenever they're talking about villains or like oh every villain is the hero of their own story which i think is kind of bullshit because it's like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but sometimes that doesn't translate well into screen or, or whatever. But with Ash, I kind of believe that because everything she says, everything she does, like you can you believe that she is basically the hero of her own story, even though everyone else doesn't see that see it that way. You're so right. I think I mean, I think that they say that because actors have to approach it that way, right? You can't play mean. You have to play I don't care about you. And so the consequences of whatever I say or do to you don't matter, right? That, that's, I think, where that idea comes from. Um, and I do think that the true villains in our world think of themselves that way. It's like, right, like, what do I need? What is, what is to my benefit? But Ash in particular, she just lives in a world where no one else matters. So not only the hero of her own story, but she's the only hero there is and everyone else is a fool. <laughs> so um, that, that I think alone, that, that level of, um, of self-confidence to the blindness of what's actually happening around her is because she doesn't deal with any of the other emotions. She just deals in self-confidence. So, yeah. And I got that from the short where she obviously sees, you know, uh, uh, what, what's her name? Dr. Um, God, what's her name? <laughs> the other personality. Oh, yeah. uh, Dr. Uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Mad at this stuff. It's so bad. I'm like hanging out with people. I'm like, you play, you play who? No, what's going on? <laughs> it's terrible. But yes, right. Exactly. Whereas everything is what? What can you can you currently do something for me? Right. And the closest, the closest to having a true relationship with someone is probably with Watson, right? Because is that right, Watson? <laughs> Here I go again. Um, because at least they have they have a past right so they're sort of like tied up together um but you you know i mean you know as well as i do all of this lore is going to intersect at some point anyway and a lot of them have in a lot of little ways already um but, but it'll be interesting to see if they do try to build any more but we also have to remember that we got dr reed in there too so the idea that she is truly just this isolated alone thing like how much of that i love 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 the lines where we mix the two characters right where they call it glitching right so she glitches and then all of a sudden you get this pop up this intense emotion so it's not that it isn't there it's just that she's incredibly capable at squelching it 98% of the time and only every once in a while does does that other little terrifying to her I think thing pop through that that doesn't respond purely with one single-minded goal 
And before anyone gets mad, I just want to say it, it's not Watson. It's Horizon. It's not okay? Watson. Just... It's Horizon. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so... I'm like, should have had breakfast this morning. Sorry, Elle. That's really bad. Um, right? That's exactly it, though. Well, I mean, I yeah, tell you why you forgot because Elle's not oh, here gosh. to correct you. So Elle's not here. Right? She is. She is, in fact, my mentor. She is my like guide through this thing, which is funny because you've heard the story where um, I knew one of the first uh, jobs that I had uh, in um, – uh, as as Ash before she was playable, obviously a long time before, um, they were like, yeah, yeah. And then there's this other character, Horizon. Horizon, that's who it is. Um, and uh, and she's a Scottish lady. I was like, oh, I know a Scottish voiceover actress and my friend Elle. And so I will never know if she booked that part because I said that or if she's just the actual best Scottish freaking female voiceover actress in the world, which she is. Um, but I love that I've been able to kind of go on this journey with someone I've known for a lot of my acting career and who's been incredible at helping me understand, you know, um, the importance of of this thing, because I would not have understood it on my own. That is for sure. <laughs> It's it's weird because while I was doing my research for this interview, I had no idea you guys were like so interconnected. You know, your life journeys were so interconnected that it's kind of like, man, if I was professional, I would have gotten the both of you though, because I, I, you know, because it feels like oh, happy to do it again. Yeah, yeah. No, how we should definitely do something along those lines because I love riffing off of her. She's such a smart woman, and she's so you know she's got way more even um experience in this industry than i in the voiceover section of the industry than i do for sure so being i learn from her every time we talk and you know we talk a lot so she's a good person to have around because i feel like you know i'm just getting you know half the story but you know there's you know there's video of you you guys both so you know if you if you if you feel like um this isn't satisfying enough please go hunt down those videos because they are hilarious and cute and everything and we get so goofy <laughs> together it's so fun it's really nice though i mean you know you I, I try very hard not to take myself too seriously and i think especially it's it's hard not to you get into an interview situation you're like oh i have to be careful what i say but when you're with someone who you genuinely trust it's so much easier to just bounce things off um you know and that kind of thing and again great friend how how often do we get to just keep someone around for 20 years of our life that's so cool and plus, like, you know, how not only were you are you guys friends, but you also, you know, work together and your characters have history together in the game. I think that's yep. kind of oh, like, so badass, yeah, isn't it? That, that's yeah. that's coming full circle if, if ever there ever was a situation where everything comes full circle. Oh, totally. And it's so great because it, it is that much easier. It, voiceover work can be lonely, right? I mean, you really do do most of your stuff, um, especially in gaming, uh, by yourself in a booth. And they say, okay, and if this was the circumstance that may be happening, because of course you're recording for every scenario, right? Um, you may be talking to this person. You could also be talking to that person over there. And so to have a sort of a grounded, real human being that you're you're able to focus on as the person you're talking to certainly helps a lot. I mean, it doesn't matter so much for Ash because she doesn't care who she's talking to. But, <laughs> but generally speaking, it's really nice to have a grounded a grounded relationship there. But I feel like the the some of the fun of it is like not knowing who you're going to be working up against because then you know when you see the final product and you hear everyone else you you, you know there's that level of surprise where it's like oh, i had no idea i was working with so-and-so and you just don't oh get that gosh. anymore no that's very true and i think there's a lot there's just a lot of trust in it right where we we get to control things so much so so often um you know especially if you're doing on-camera stuff it's oh that person's involved sure i want to do it not that i get that much say in those those kinds of jobs but um you know, you look at it and you go, I have to control this image. I have to do those things. But to to throw your trust in the hands of these amazing game creators, um, 
you know, we're really lucky in the case of Apex that they just, they make such amazing choices and make us look good. I mean, I get to go into a booth and say these things that someone spent hours crafting for my character that's, you know, based on years now for my, for me in particular, worth of lore and back backstory and, you know, and everything going forward too. I mean, don't think for one second that they don't know where they're headed seasons in advance. It's spectacular. It's really incredible detail-oriented work. Incredible what they do. And I just want to point out that from a creative standpoint, everything changes. So even mm-hmm. if we do say something or if you do have a theory, that's going to change down the line because as the game, as you know, the game gets bigger and everything, you know, changes, so does the lore because, you know, you, you, you have to think about, well, we did want to do this, but now that we think about it, that doesn't make any sense now. We, and we, so we just change it and that's fine. It happens. 1000%. And I think they're also really incredible at listening to the fans. I think that they really try to give the fans, you know, what they're, what they want and what they're looking for. And, and that's why you need additional legends. And that's why you need new storylines. And that's why you need someone that someone else can identify with. I, it hadn't occurred to me, but I was talking with Justine Huxley and, and L. um, online the other day and someone was and she, I think Justine was saying, she's like, you know, I'm just sort of this lovable bubbly character. I was like, Oh, I'm not that. If you like me, you need something very different. Me. It's not me, right? If you need Ash, you need something very different. If you, you, you know, then if you are attracted to, uh, you know, a Horizon or a Watson or, right? And I just saw this meme on Twitter um, that someone posted about the most parental figures on Apex. And of course, Ash is like down at the bottom, right? So, but I think that's amazing that they're, they're able to craft things for what every person who wants to game wants to play and not every game does that and i think both both that's an incredibly difficult task to take on because it's such a massive universe i think they manage it beautifully yeah no i love the characters and i i know it's funny you know you, you go back listen to this podcast like two years ago when i had Mel Lee on mm-hmm. and i talked about the, the tutorial it felt like a weird fever dream because, like, you had all these characters show up, and I'm like, uh, "There's a robot man," and then there's yes. this. Like, what is this? That's exactly. So, how many characters were there when it first dropped? Because remember, I of course was like not even remotely aware of what was going on at the time. But it was what seven, ten, eight, ten, something. It was a bunch already, and then it just grew and grew and grew and grew. So, even just managing those storylines is just—it's a real thing. It's very cool. Yeah, and and what's funny is that I remember when uh, I had Roger on, no one expected this thing to to get as big as it did, and even he didn't know because I remember when he did mocap for like a trailer, he said, mm-hmm. when, "When are you guys gonna have this out?" And he's like, "Oh, we're thinking about in February of you know 2019." And he's like, "February? Come on, nah, <laughs> that's, that's not." It's like tomorrow. Um, yeah, no, they they move so fast, but they're also working seasons ahead. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what it was like at the beginning of the game, as I said, because I wasn't I wasn't there even for the voiceover part of it. But I'll never forget when I started doing because I had the benefit of, you know, getting to work on the game before I became a playable character. So, um, you know, I, I sort of got introduced to the concepts of everything. a little bit more gradually than a lot of the actors who are coming in now and who are like okay great now you're an apex legend go but they they said you know you're going to have more sessions than the guys did at the beginning of things because now we have to build to all of these different characters and all of these different worlds and all of these different right ways of doing it and so 
even just the number of sessions it took to record all of the lines by the time I got there was already so much more intricate than it was at the beginning. Um, and each season, you know, we have to record a little bit more and we get to, get to, I think is a better way of putting that for sure. Um, we get to be a part of this, you know, this massive ongoing thing that doesn't happen very often in gaming either that it, you know, who knows, hopefully never this thing will be over. Right. I mean, it depends on if it depends on like how long people are going to be into the battle Royale genre. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's popular now, but you know, you don't, you never know, like you never know what's going to come, come, come around the corner. And if, you know, maybe, maybe it will be popular for the next 10, 10 or so years, or maybe not. I don't know. But I, totally. I, but I feel like, you know, you shouldn't take anything for granted. You you should just, you know, instead of worrying about, oh, you know, how long is this going to last? I, I, I honestly say just be in the moment and enjoy oh my it. Gosh. And, you know, totally could not agree more. And, the, the you know, the whole problem with being an actor is you just never know when your next job is going to come. But you genuinely don't. I mean, I'm delighted every time they call me up and say, hey, would you let's do another session on this date. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Of course, let's go for it right now. Um, but you never expect that there's another one. And I think that, again, I, I'm all along for the journey. And I so agree that that's just the only way to approach life in general. Right. But I think it's also amazing that for this game in particular, they have shifted and crafted and changed the way the game plays and added new maps and this. So I I'm willing to bet that they are clever enough to pivot with what the audience wants. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how that just develops over time. Um, you know, we, we go through trends and all of these things and we go through, through different needs and wants. I mean, I remember when I first started being interested in voiceover acting, you know, it was still the world where, cause I've been, I've been an actor for quite a while now. Um, it was still a world where a voice character actors who did numerous voices and were able to really manipulate their voices to change them with consistency and these, you know, an amazing technique and amazing thing. That was still the, the bulk of what was being done. And now what we hire is the person who's kind of already the thing. At least that's been my experience, right? Very few people make massive changes to their inherent instrument. We narrow it, we widen it. But we're looking for, for people uh, in a very different way than we were. And that's both expanded the the number of people who are able to do voiceover because they're not looking for specifically over-the-top character stuff. But it's also, you know, widened the field as... So the jobs are fewer and farther between because there isn't the sort of like, ah, these are the royalty of the voiceover world. Um so yeah, everything we get is an amazing gift, and I'm I'm very lucky. I'm very grateful that um, people seem to want to hire me again, and uh, you know I'm I'm along for the ride. I think my favorite thing about uh, about this about you know Ash in general is, and this this made me laugh. I remember you know back in October when they announced that you were the voice, and and this is like the funniest <laughs> because. I had no idea you had a dormant Twitter account that oh just God. laid there for years. It's so bad, isn't it? I actually, I was just on this morning. I was like, oh, what is going on? It's been like a month and a half since I was on there. It's so bad. I'm terrible at social media. And I like to say it's because I actually love the world and I'm just out in it too often to remember to check on the phone. Um, but, but I'll tell you, I did, I was... I got into the phase that everybody gets into where I got really obsessed with, it was Facebook at the time. And so I deleted the app and I deleted the app. And within 90 days of that, I was directing a feature 
and had, you know, pulled together a team and raised all this money and all these things. And because I, so I do, I just take breaks from it to go and do other things because I watch people who I love dearly spend all their time on it. And it's just not my thing. I just can't, I, I just like to go out and make, and I like to go out and I have just obnoxious, endless energy and I don't like to stop moving at all. And so if I, if I find myself putting all of that energy into Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, nothing else gets done. So I do. It's so bad though. I'm like, because I know I want to interact with the fans so badly. That's the best part. I love these people. I so identify with people who are like, let's just talk and communicate and be this community together. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just disappeared for 90 days, guys. I'm back. Hey, what's up? Do you still like me? (laughs) It's funny because when I reached out to your representative to get this interview, I I had like just thrown that out there for in the wild because I'm like, you know, whatever. Because my process is like, I'll just reach out to whoever. And if whoever responds, responds. And I was shocked that I got that email notification because I'm like, wait a minute, when did I send this? <laughs> when did I send this? How long was it between? I'm so curious. I think back in February or January. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's a hot second. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I'm glad we did manage to actually make the email metaverse work for us. Because <laughs> I don't know, like, because it's, it's a crapshoot. It really is. Because, like, whenever I'm contacting yeah. someone or the representative, I'm just, like, reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, I do this thing. You know, you, you know, I would love to have you on and blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. I, I, I do this thing and I've had these previous people on. I'm wondering if your client would be interested in, in coming on the show and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I get a response. Sometimes I don't. And a lot, a lot of times are no's. But, man, whatever I, <laughs> whatever yeah. I get. Uh- it's so cool, right? Well, shout out to my rep for knowing, you know, they, they were like, good, do your research, make sure he seems cool. I was like, yeah, he seems great. That's cool. Um, but but there are there are reps who are less interested in helping us get to talk to our audience. And there's reps that are more interested. And my rep has always been amazing at passing along requests and, and all of that. So shout out to Mondi and Associates. They're wonderful people. Yeah. Um... No, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, not to name any names specifically, but, you know, every time I contact, <laughs> I, I hate talking to agents. I'll just, I'll just say it right now. Cause I, it's hard. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where how much money do you make off this thing? It's nonprofit. I do it for a hobby. I just love this world and I want to talk to these people. It's cool. I'm cool. Um, no, it's weird, isn't it? And, and I think the voice of the world in particular, I, you know, I had the incredible fortune of signing with um, with my dream agent in the voiceover world a little while ago um, over at SBV. And that's my voiceover agent in Los Angeles. And Mondi is my theatrical um, uh, worldwide, really, because they're actually in London. But um, uh, the voice of the world in particular, it's busy. There's lots and lots and lots of jobs because you have radio and you have television and you have, uh, you know, film and you have interactive and you have, you know, I mean, there's just so many different things. So they're busy all the time. Um, and so the very, it makes sense to me that some of them are just like, I can't deal with that as part of a thing. And you know, there's plenty of actors out there who are like, I'm going to hire a whole team and we're going to do all the media and all of those things. Um, but I think it's short-sighted of people not to want to connect with their audience, which is why it's terrible that I'm not better at social media. I do understand the joke there. Um, but I think it's, I think it's part of the, the joy of what it is that we get to do that we get to actually interact with the fans and the community and be part of this uh you know unique world um and especially when you get a game like apex um 
you know, you just might as well go along for that whole ride. Um, but it, it can, you know, it can get scary. It totally can. Um, you just pick and choose the people who don't suck, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and, I've so... had, and I've had people like when, when I reached out to them, they're like, it, 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 yeah, I, I had, I had no idea you were actually doing a thing. I thought it was spam or I, it was worded in like it was spam yeah. or, or yeah. what have you. And I'm just like, I I I word it like that because I'm trying to stay professional and not be like, hey, I do a podcast, you know. <laughs> well, that's a job at this point too, right? I mean, you know, I, but I do. I, we have to be careful. That's true. There are strange people out there for sure. I mean, we all have seen the news. Things happen that don't make any sense at all. Um, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying to make all of the personal and human connections that we possibly can. And I'm grateful that you reached out and grateful we get to be here together. It's pretty cool. No, and, across the world that's yeah, so yeah. neat isn't it <laughs> like, it's so cool i know because when i had uh mela on uh back in 2019 she mm-hmm. she was talking to her husband and she's like i'm gonna be talking to someone in kuwait and he's like i've never been there <laughs> i know right oh there's so many places i want to go i feel like that the whole pandemic just shut down all my travel plans so drastically you know <laughs> it's been terrible so one day we'll meet in person right that'll be cool <laughs> No, I, I, I always like, I'm, cause I've ever since like the pandemic and, you know, ever since that they were starting to lift things uh, up recently, I was just been looking at all the cons in Europe or whatever. And I'm like, you know, is, is there an apex thing? Are they going to try to get all the apex people? Cause I would oh, it'll to, be interesting to see. Yeah. It'd be to interesting to do everybody. An- and to do an apex specific one, I think that's a really great idea. I, I am, again, I'm not the most social media savvy, um, but the team definitely, the, the group. And uh, P.S., how lucky am I to work with this group of voiceover actors that actually genuinely like each other and hang out and, you know, actually interact and really try to promote each other and be good to each other. That is so cool. Um, and so I, it would not surprise me at all if there's a chance for that in the future. And um, uh, I'm, I'm in if we can possibly do it. Um, you know, I know that several people have been able to go and do some of the the cons, but, you know, as individuals, not really as a, as representatives of Apex. So it'd be interesting to, to do it as a, a big thing. It's, I hear a lot of people play this game, so should be should be popular, right? <laughs> and, and I mean, even like even ignoring the game, like a lot of you guys, I've been fans of for for years, and it's like oh. you know, this is a great cast, and you know, oh, it, it doesn't even have to be about Apex. You know, just let's just talk, let's just have a chat just about whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that that is so true, right? I mean, the number of people who've had just incredible incredible careers already, right, and who have been involved in, in so many different aspects of the industry. It's it's an impressive group, an impressive group. I'm lucky I get to be part of it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, let's let's uh, let's get people mad now. Uh, who's who's your favorite person to hang out with from the group? <laughs> favorite from the crew? Oh, L. That's easy. But I mean, we've been best friends for such a long time. Like she's. She's wonderful and she's the person that I can go to with a problem and she's the person I can go to when I just want to be goofy and, you know, we can go for a walk or stay in and watch movies and, you know, she's, she is, and that's not because I don't love all of the other people. It's just because we have such an amazing history and such a, you know, a long-term mutual respect and love. Um, And so I'm working on building that with the rest of my castmates, but I've officially only been here for what, six months now. (laughs) So lots more relationship building to do. And I'm actually right now I'm in Oregon with my family. I'm not actually down in Los Angeles. So it's been harder to, you know, I get to be part of the group chats and all those things and hop on the zooms and stuff, but I'm not able to be there for uh, all of the in-person events. Now that travel's opening back up, I'm going to try to get down there more often because LA's so, it's a quick plane ride. It's not that difficult to do. Just, it was hard and it was scary and I was protecting my family too. And 
uh, you know, my own, my own health and sanity. <laughs> and it was, you remember, it was a crazy time. It's still happening. Who are we kidding? This thing isn't over, right? But we got it. Life's got to go on. We got to figure out a way around it. Yeah, it's so weird. It's funny you mentioned that because um, I was browsing Twitter today and someone posted like a, 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 a getting back to normal video. And I'm like, really, dude, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like what's really happening, if I'm to be blunt about it, is uh, people are testing less. right? <laughs> and so and it has it's turned into a much milder form of the, you know, death fear that it was at the beginning of things. But, you know, I just had a friend in England whose whole family came down with a, you know, not pleasant case of it and nobody died. But oh, my gosh. Right. So, so you know, this is going to become something we have to live with. But, um, man, we all went through something together. I guess I'm just hoping that this does something to unite humanity, which feels awfully split in a lot of categories right now. Um, it's like we can't help ourselves from getting annoyed with each other. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that this being able to come back together becomes a positive thing and we can, we can find the love again a little bit because that's the way I try to approach everything. And, you know, as, as someone who's in entertainment, that's what we have to do. We have to bring our vulnerabilities and we have to bring our, our fears and, and everything to the table and uh, encourage people to love us anyway and sign up for the craziness we bring. So I don't know. The world could benefit a little bit from that as a as a positive message. I'm hoping. I don't know. Spread the love. No, I, I totally agree with you because one of the things that I loved about Apex Legends was not not the game itself, but the sense of community that came out of that game. Yes. Yes. Was unheard yes. of. Like I when I had Erica Luttrell on, we talked about it. I'm like, I, I I have never seen a cast who don't even record together get together because they enjoyed each other's company that much. That that's unheard of to yeah. me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I like, a, you know, voiceover is my second my second career. So I haven't had as much experience as a lot of those people have. But I think that's true. I think that we got really, really lucky. I also think that, um, you know, Respawn has done a nice job of making sure we knew who each other were, because I do think that when you record alone in a booth together, it can be difficult to, you know, find those people out there in the world. Um, and voiceover is not notoriously the most uh, outward facing community, right? I mean, there's a lot of places where um, it's uh, insular and it's, you know, it's a tight knit group and that's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's so good to have that support for each other, but this one in particular was incredibly welcoming to me when I was a newcomer um, and I've watched as the next legends have come on and, uh, and it's, it's been the same. It's a reach out. It's a welcome to the group. It's a, you know, come hang out. Would you like to go do this? Um, and yeah, we're very lucky in that department. And what I love is that um, you guys don't force it. You, you're not like, well, if you don't want to come hang out, then, you know, oh, you're a terrible person or whatever. No, it's like, hey, you know, if you don't want to be part of it, then it's fine. But, hey, we do this totally. thing. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, and we might as well. And look, I I, I think that we all benefit from uh, from each other too, right? Like, um, you know, I, it's one of the reasons I love hanging out with Elle, learning from her how she's managed, you know, her relationship with the fans and things like that has taught me a lot about, you know, being real and being myself and being, uh, you know, open to the, degree, to the degree that I'm willing to be. And that's all you can do, right, is be the person that you are in an honest way out there in the world. And then, then you are truly a part of the community. You're not presenting something nonsense to them. And I do think that this group is better at that than most people. Um, and especially a lot of celebrities are so crafting and not that we're celebrities. Let me just be very clear about that. But you see people craft a persona and craft, a, you know, relationship with the world. 
um, instead of crafting who they are. And I think um, my job as an as an actor, as a voiceover actor, is to be honest about who I am because that's how my humanity brings in people to what I do. Right. I, like I said, I think I think what we sell actually is vulnerability. Hilarious that I'm talking about that in the context of Ash, because that's the opposite of what she does, obviously. But the idea that um, that I share a piece of myself with you makes it that much easier for you to feel like, oh, OK, I'm safe in the world. There's a person out there who wants me to be a part of their existence. Right. I know, maybe that's a little esoteric, but that's the way I feel. No, I, I totally agree with you because I, I, and I've said this like many, many times, so apologies for long-time listeners, but one of the things I, one of the reasons I do this show is that I want to have these conversations. I want to have conversations with people. I want to like get yes. to know the person behind the character. Like, you know, because so when I had Roger on, it's like, yeah, we can talk about Sonic the Hedgehog but and, and all the other stuff you've done, but right? who is Roger <laughs> Craig Smith? And I'll tell you who Roger Craig Smith is. He's a wonderful human being. And that's yes. who Roger Craig Smith is. Yes. And... And um, I, I, one of the few positives of the pandemic was the fact that more people were open to talking with fans that, you know, yeah. because before it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to this person. Uh, it's like, cause I've been, I've been told by people who were like, oh, well, you have to have a certain number of listeners if we, you want our, our person to come on here. And I'm like, screw you. I don't, to each their own, I suppose. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And that's fine. And you know, look, we're hit up for things all the time. And sometimes you say yes. And sometimes you say no. And um, you know, sometimes you protect yourself. Sometimes you charge for it. And sometimes you don't, I'm very confused where all those lines lie, by the way, <laughs> there's so many things with all of these, you know, sending messages for money and sending pictures for money and all those things. And I participated in a lot of them, but I don't know. I feel like the 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 ultimate goal is still the human contact, and I think that if if we focus on that, then good things will come out of it. Um, and like you said, community, community, community. We're we're lucky to have a group of people who are united by, behind a, a a thing. And I I mean, look, the creeps are out there. That's obvious, right? But you don't have to deal with that part of it. Right. You don't have to interact with the people who want something from you you're not prepared to give. And when I find someone who just wants to talk about the love of the thing, like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And and it's easy to I mean, it's easy just to write off everyone is like, oh, well, you know, th there's this fandom drama or whatever. And it's easy just to write off everyone else like that. But like, no, that's that's not the entire community. And I feel like. It's easy to focus on the negative because that's what that's what that's what people want to focus on because they're addicted to it. I don't know why, but they're addicted to negativity, and I and I just don't have time for that. I'm like, I want to build people up. I'm tired of bringing everybody down. I want to build people. Oh, up. Oh God, yes, right. Well, and I think I think that what happens is, uh, and this is me psychoanalyzing a group of people I've never met in my entire life before, but I think that look, drama is an inherent part of human nature. We need to learn from extreme circumstances in order to grow but i think that for some people extreme circumstances becomes the only way to get positive attention or any attention right not positive attention but if that's the again the sort of programming that you've learned you continue to repeat those same mistakes instead of finding ways to get positive attention i mean i, I was really lucky um as a child, I was an overachiever, right? I was like, if I get an A, my parents will like me, which is, you know, true, obviously. But I did. I got incredible positive attention for, um, for positive, uh, for meeting positive goals. I didn't get a lot of attention when I messed things up. It was like, don't you do that? And, you know, turn and walk away. So I have always sought out 
positive, both human interactions and accomplishments and goals and trying to do bigger and better things and learn from my mistakes and being okay with learning from my mistakes. But I firmly believe that my job as a human, and I wish this was a more common thread, is to grow and do better and learn from past mistakes and not make those same mistakes again and um, be better at interacting with my fellow man and be better at being there for my friends and be better at being there for, you know, my own needs as well. So, you know, I think that, I think that when you're leaning on drama as a way of getting attention, and I think that that's what it is, um, unfortunately you end up isolating yourself and alienating people. And so then you get bigger and more dramatic trying to get more and more attention. But the cool thing about it is when you look at that on social media, those likes actually drop, right? (laughs) Like no one's going to love something if people continue to find the negativity in it. You're going to end up alone. So if that's not a vote for finding the positive, (laughs) I just don't know what is. (laughs) I mean, yeah, sure. You can get all the attention you want from being negative and... And, that's the know, kind just, of attention you want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's not fulfilling. It's just, right. it's just right. cloud. It, it means nothing at the end of the day. Yes. It's just cloud. It means nothing. And, and look, I'm not saying like you have to be positive all the time. You know, constructive criticism no. is, is warranted and is needed. God knows it is needed right now. More Otherwise than we don't grow. Otherwise we don't grow a thousand percent. Yeah. And, and there are times where I've listened to podcasts where I wanted to turn it off because the person just said something I totally disagree with. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I, I can't listen to this anymore. This is so stupid, but, but I just, but I just, you know, take a deep, take a deep breath and say, okay, you know, go on. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like a lot of, a lot of times, especially during, you know, pandemic times, I, I feel like a lot of people, um, just took, took, um, just took 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 uh, the took took it took it for granted because mm. they had the perfect opportunity to. I mean, they had all the free time in the, the world because yeah. every every they had the free they had um, all the free time in the world to connect and actually think about life for the first time in years. Yes, where it was it was a stop it was the stop clock moment where it's like okay, we can sit down, have conversations, and really think about where we're going but they didn't do that everyone just went on screaming matches because that's that's what that's what everything is now oh my god well i do think half of the problem with that was we were as a planet mildly depressed some of us more depressed than others right i mean i think that the yes that was the what you just described the stop clock moment and an ability to sit down connect figure out what's important that's the positive way of looking at it but for a lot of people it was just overwhelmingly stressful and overwhelmingly sad you know to have and i do think that we ended up missing a lot of the things that were our sort of self-care mechanisms you know relationships in person hugs uh you know a lot of people turned to wine and you know our liquor myself included not knocking it um but those things are depressives and those things you know missing out on the things that do make your life inherently better in addition to being able to change the entire trajectory can can make that that journey harder to accomplish right um being in a positive space being able to uplift and i feel like that's why getting out there in the world finding finding the positive and finding the you know 
going finding nature. That's, I mean, my favorite is I go for a walk every single day. I spend an hour by myself with my dog, but I think of that still is, I don't get to talk to him very much, right? Um, every single day. And that time to myself, you know, informs my time with, uh, with people outside of me. But, you know, I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert. I love people, but I also take on a lot of energy. So I need downtime to sort of sit and process it. And I think the pandemic offered me almost too much downtime and not enough, not enough human interaction time. Um, and so I, I get why it wasn't as useful a time as it probably should have been as a global <laughs> environment. That would have been nicer. Um, but I think now is actually time as we come out of it to be like, okay, none of the old rules apply. Nothing that we learned. I was listening to a podcast the other day that was like, what is school? What's the point of school? And it freaked me out because I'm, I'm done with school, right? I loved school. It was wonderful for me. But it's true. The nature of the beast has changed. The nature of our world has shifted. Do we need to be trained to get up at 7 a.m. to attend our factory jobs and respond to bells and whistles anymore? Like, maybe. But what if we rethought school is a concept and so i think that now is the time when again i'm going to put it out there in the universe we're going to see positive change from realizing that everything we thought we knew um is bull nonsense right it's just not accurate that there's a way that things go and if we don't progress we're absolutely screwed and look i think that's actually a lot of what the political issues are right now is there are people who are like no the way it was was better and so they're clinging to something that no longer functions in our modern world um instead of ag agreeing that progressing to something um uh, new would actually benefit us all right um it's change is hard change is is difficult yeah, no, I I 100% agree with you because I like I've said this before and again I apologize if you're a long-time listener but I feel like <laughs> everyone is so divided now yeah. that it's hard to find a really good sense of community and that's what I that's what I want to accomplish with this with this podcast where it's like yeah, you know, we can talk voiceover all day and every day but I want to, you know, know who this person is, like what what makes them tick, who they are yes. as a person and just like just have conversations cuz look man everything sucks right now and we need yeah we need community now more than ever <laughs> more than ever and we need to bridge the gap too i think that's exactly it i refuse to not have a conversation with someone who i know i you know am different from in a political spectrum right i i'm not going to not have that conversation and i i'll tell you you know i do i try to approach everything with love and patience and you know, I, I don't tend to get angry. It's not an emotion that comes really easily for me. Again, hilarious that Ash says that. Um, but uh, but I think that I think that just the ability to sit down and talk has become a skill set that's almost rarefied because we yell one sentence things out there into the whatever verse uh, it is, and we don't expect that someone's going to come back at us with a with a thought. I also think that angry is an easy emotion for a lot of people right? Angry feels like something and it's better than despondency and it's better than fear. And it's better than that. So when you're yelling about something, at least you're feeling active. And I think that if we could take that anger and find a better, more productive way of being proactive with all of these feelings we're having right now, that good things might happen. So that's, that's my goal. I'm going to put it out there in the world. Let's find, let's find a productive way of taking all of our, our energy and making it towards bettering the thing. For everybody, yeah. for everybody. I 100% agree with you. Like I feel, 
because anger is just people easily succumb to it. Like people say stupid yes. things on social media. And that's why that's why whenever I look at a person's social media, I'm like, I don't want to judge them on that because I know that's just like a fraction of their personality because because I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like, well, they said this on social media, therefore they must be terrible people. No, I want to sit down with that person and maybe have a conversation with them and 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 just try to understand where they're coming from. You know, yes. because it's easy to just write someone off as like, oh, well, they're just, you know, they're just bitter all the time because because X, Y, Z. But but, but it's it's not like social media is not a reflection of what that person is <laughs> in real life. Let me tell you right now. I don't think it is. And the other problem is because you've documented your feelings 10 years ago and people can find those feelings. We, we've we've entered and I'm I'm lucky I was always, you know, kept it positive and light and fluffy and all those things. But you look at comedians getting canceled because of jokes that they told 10 years ago that person would never tell that joke now right not excusing that it's still an inappropriate thing and that it never should have been made in the first place but we were doing that 10 years ago and i think as long as we recognize the change and the growth in people the idea that you can't have been one thing and become another uh, you know and i've heard the argument that people you know don't change that much okay fine but i do think that we can progress and i do think that if, if we have you know interactions with the things we don't understand with the people we don't know yet we're only going to grow from that experience and find a better way through this nonsense that is life <laughs> it's just nonsense i mean it's just a big experience who knows what's on the other side of it we got to go for it with gusto i think and I don't like the fact that I do live in a world now where anyone can can uh, search something I said like t eight or eight eight or ten years ago and be like, oh, this person said this and they had this person on their podcast. Why did you come on this podcast? And it's like personal growth is a thing, and I and I and I'll say it like I hated my twenties. I was an awful, awful human being in my twenties, and and I'll say it like I had burned bridges with a lot of people, yeah. and I feel bad for it, but I am not gonna sit here and pretend like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, you have the right to paint me as a terrible person because no, I, I do believe per in personal growth because oh yeah, I, I spent the last, God, how many years trying to better myself as a human being, but I just don't post about it because yeah, well, I, I don't, exactly. I don't feel the need to post every, every freaking thing I do on, on social media. I don't every feel like, thought, yeah. every meal, every <laughs> I'm exactly the same. And I feel like, you know, I, I've loved, I mean, I, I love my mental health journey and I've actively been on it because I realized my programming, there were ways in which it didn't serve me. Right. And there were, there were programs I needed to rewire. And um, I would tend to, uh, you know, instead of burning a bridge actively, I would run away from a relationship because it was scary to me and I didn't understand it. And maybe it didn't serve me and maybe they didn't understand me and they hadn't made the effort to try and do that. And there are so many people that I wish I could, and maybe I will, right? There have been several I have just call out of the blue and be like, it's not that I didn't love you. It's that I didn't know how to do it anymore. Right. And I feel like, again, that's the, the idea that there can't be growth that's that's the most limiting thought that there is out there and so i have to believe in it and i have to love it and i have to love myself through all of those you know i i, I agree my 20s it, they weren't that bad i had a great time they were fine but the amount that i like who i am now is just such a world of difference 
from the girl that I look at back there who was judging herself and who took in all of this negative, you know, energy. And I was living in LA, right? Like I thought that looks were everything and so important. And I was externally judging based on the input that I was getting from the world. And instead now I, you know, I try to go to, okay, no, wait, really, what do, what do I think about this? What do I feel about this? Right. And sometimes things are scary and you should run away from them. And sometimes it's, no, I was being fed a line of thought that, uh, that didn't actually serve me, that was external, not internal. And I think that's where, you know, I love what you're saying. Look, I, I, think we're, I think we're all connected with energy, right? And I think all of the science is true and all of the metaphysics is true. And I tend towards the science myself, but I think they're all explained through the same set of rules, right? Be good to other people. Good things will come to you, right? Find positivity. Positive things are more likely to come to you. That's just energy exchange. <laughs> more than anything. I don't want to get woo-woo about it, but I think it's true. It's been my experience that... I'll tell you, my, so I directed my first feature and along the way, I'd never done that before, right? That's a huge undertaking. And I kept being like, could someone just do this for me? And people would be like, yes. I was like, whoa. And it was the strangest experience for me because I've always been the person who tried to do everything for myself, right? I'm really good at getting things done. And I talked to a friend about it later. I was like, I don't understand why they keep saying yes. And she goes, Anna, you always say yes. When someone asks something of you, you always say yes. And I was like, oh, I do, whenever I'm capable of it, and there are limits, there are you know hard rules, of course I do. I want to be the person who's able to be there for you. And so the idea that it weirded me out that when I did finally get the courage to ask for that positivity to come back, it did. Like, that's dumb of me, right? That's just me missing the entire exchange that I wanted to have. And, and sure enough, it was there for me. So that's pretty cool. And how was that experience like for you, like going from, you know, being an actor and be, to being the person that everyone has to rely on to tell them what to do? Oh, well, God, you're the person people have to rely on way more as the director than you are as the actor. For me, it was great. I'm, um, I, one of the hardest things about being an actor is that you are, first of all, constantly begging for jobs. That's not fun. Auditioning is, I'm good at it. I, you know, I love banging out a tape and telling a story, but those do not equate to, you know, money in the bank. And, and the other problem with it is you're begging for jobs on something. That's what auditioning is. Uh, on something that you may or may not actually care about the story on. I always find a way to care as, a, as an actor, as a person, but to be able to decide which story to tell. And to decide what I wanted to put out there in the world and decide how messy I wanted to let the story be and how human I wanted to let it be and how much it needed to have a positive ending for me to feel good about it. That was an incredible thing. Um, and the other thing was for me, I, I, it turned out I was not, I'm, I'm not the kind of director who's like, great, do this. Not the kind of director who's like, here's what I think. I come in with a vision, I share my vision. And then I say, okay, who feels, who, what do you see? And as soon as someone had a better idea, we do it. As soon as someone brought something in that was more interesting than what I had, we did it. So the, my favorite thing about directing was not only getting to lead, a. um, a crew, but honestly, be the person who's like, great, your idea matters, right? Your vision of this story is as beneficial to it as some, you know, single-minded thing that I have in my head. I want the community experience. I want us all to be part of making this thing as elevated as it can be. Um, and again, for me, the person who always tried to get everything done by myself to be able to throw that trust onto other people, what an incredible personal growth experience. Um, and it was, I mean, honestly, like, I can't wait to do it again. It's, you know, we're still in the middle of finishing it. So I'm still sort of in the process of doing it, but no directing was, 
um, was hugely important. I've had the the luck of stepping behind the camera before. I've produced a bit. Um, I've done some writing. I've been in casting. I mean, I've, I've done lots of sides of the of the industry. And I will never forget the first job that I did where we were doing some hiring. And two resumes were in front of me. And one had a ton of experience. And one had very little experience. And I remember thinking, oh, shoot. Now I understand why when I had no resume, even if I might have been the best person for the job, right, they couldn't look at me on paper and trust me. So building up that trust and building up that um, ability to be the person who's needed over the whole course of my career was, I was lucky that I didn't go just have the ego at stake of like, but I'm the best for the job, you know, that I was like, no, prove yourself again and again, prove yourself again and again, be the professional again and again, be the person people want to have around. Um, And they'll bring you back. They do. Yeah. um, Because they're not going to take... I mean, it's not like they don't want to take take chances, but if they see, I mean, if you're auditioning to against, you know, Tara Strong, they're going to pick Tara Strong because they know yeah. what they're going to get with Tara Strong. They should. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And, you know, so you, you can't take those things personally. You just have to continue to do your best. And, you know, directing for me, I got to act in my movie as well, was an opportunity for me to say, okay, I don't think you guys have ever seen me do this. I don't think you guys have ever seen me at this level of vulnerability and at this level of personal truth. And um, I'm ready for it. I'm okay with you guys seeing the, you know, the harder bits of me and watching my own, you know, a version of my own struggle. Um, And Again, like that's what I want to put out there in the world. It's okay to be you. It's okay to be human. It's okay to be messy. We're messy. We're not this perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Just be messy. It's that's where humanity is. That's where humanity lies. That's why I I love it when people are aren't scared of being vulnerable and and just being their true selves and not not trying to sell me a brand that doesn't exist. I don't I don't want the brand. I want to talk to the person. I don't care if, if, you know, if coming on my show would harm your brand. I want, you know, what, what does the person think? You know, does the person want to do it? <laughs> well, how often do you actually encounter that? So of, of the people, of the people that actually do come onto the show, how many of them do you think are trying to sell something and how many of them, even just percentage wise, right? And how many of them are like, no, let's have a human connection. Because I bet half of the people who are just trying to sell something aren't going to come anyway, right? <laughs> you know, um, but you tell me. I, I'm fascinated by that. Well, I mean, Neil Ross had to come. You know, Neil Ross only does podcasts now if he gets to chill his book. So I had to. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's funny. It's, that's that's our world now. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I mean, no offense to him. I mean, because <laughs> because again, you know, he's in his seventies now, and he's not going to. He's not getting as much work, and is like, you know. He's like, well, I mean, I, I want to come on here, but I want to plug my book. Is that okay? And I'm like, okay, fine. Because, you know, you don't want to be that guy who's like telling a 70-year-old guy, he's like, oh, you can't you can't plug your book. <laughs> oh, no, totally. And and I kind of feel like, like, look, that is half, the, that is half our job, right, is um, making ourselves look good in whatever way, shape, or form we can. I get that. That is part of our job. And P.S., that would be your job in any industry. Right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I don't I don't have a problem with any of those things. I've always found it very awkward doing the signings and stuff where because I just wanted to talk to the people. And so I, I re- remember watching Justine just expertly be like, and don't forget, here's the shop and here's the thing. And they right. And now we're still talking. I was like, whoa, she is so good because here's the thing. People do want the book. 
right? People, someone wants to read that book and doesn't know that it exists. So how cool to be able to say, P.S. There's a book if you want to hear even more. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I just find it awkward. <laughs> I just find it difficult to be like, I'm so cool that you should buy a picture of not quite my face. I think it's strange, but I, I'm glad that people want it. I'm glad I can provide it. I just find it awkward. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't want to be because to me, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to sell you something because I, I, I feel I would feel uncomfortable yeah. with that because I'm just like, you know, I'm just I just want to have conversations. I don't I don't want to be like, you know, I, I, you know, you should totally watch this thing or you should totally uh, <laughs> sure. buy this but thing. But in a way, I don't, you know. Yeah. But look, you love Apex, obviously, and right, you love voiceover, obviously. Right. So there's a degree in which you are still promoting the things that you love. And I guess I just don't have a problem with that. I guess I just, um, I try to look at it as if he poured that much energy into the book, then what if it is worth reading, right? Okay, talk about it. You spend all that time and energy doing it. Fine. <laughs> cool. I mean, it's, it's a long book, but, but I mean, you know, j- jokes, is, I mean j- jokes aside, it's a great book because he talks about his entire career. And I, honestly, That's it's cool. great because- because there isn't that much documented uh, evidence of that era of like voiceover. So, and it was a fascinating right. read. So it's like, Hey, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. See, so no harm, no foul. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I did, I do have like some people come on who just want to do like the interview format who just want, who are just like, well, you know, here, you know, can you, I only got like, X amount of minutes, ask your questions, and then I, mm. I'm out here. Or sometimes where I'll try to have a conversation or try to make a joke and they don't laugh and they don't get it and they're like, they're not having oh, yeah. any of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But haven't you also had like conversations with other humans that are just like that? I, you know, I, the, the standard to which we're held as entertainers because we put ourselves out there is <laughs> sort of, look, I, I've met people where I'm like, Hi, how how have you existed in the world so long without having any actual ability to, you know, connect with other people? Never mind. I'm going to be over here talking about I don't know what, right? I mean, you've been to the party where it's like, I don't know how to make a conversation with you. So I think that uh, I think you're probably just encountering a couple of those people who don't know how to converse. Right. And I do think that that's actually a kind of a dying art. I think that in a world where we're interacting with people by carefully crafting our uh, I guess they're no longer limited character tweets, right? Um, but uh, the idea that we're living in a world where we get to craft everything before we hit send instead of trusting truly that everything we say has uh, value and that what we're putting out there is not, you know, terrifying. Um, I think that that's I think that that's a skill set. And I think that not everybody has it. And same thing is there's people who spend their entire lives selling things like that's their entire life is their ability to convince you that you want something you didn't know you wanted. Um, and uh, it's not how I approach it. And it's clearly not how you approach it. But I don't know. It's just a different subset. <laughs> it's just a different way of doing the thing, I guess. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, because 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 here's the thing, like, you know, oh, you're enjoying this conversation. Well, this is the first conversation we ever had, you know, ever. So, yeah, that's that's the appeal yeah. of my show is that every conversation you listen to is the first ever conversation I'm having with this person. I love that shit. I think <laughs> it's great. Or oh, are we allowed to swear? I didn't. Ask. I, I, I mean, I said so bullshit. Careful. So, you, you know, OK, you good. Say. Yeah, I'm so bad. <laughs> I love swearing. It's my absolute favorite thing. <laughs> and I'm, I have small kids. And so I'm like, oh, I really, the other day I, just, I turned to my husband. I was like, I really got to stop swearing in front of them. Um, my favorite, I'm going to tell the story and I'm so sorry, Sophie, my eldest, who's amazing. She's just this whip smart, so 
she's just the most wonderful kid, like sensitive and interested and engaged. And I said something about to, to my youngest. I was like, oh my God, you're stupid cute. You know, some, something like that. And she goes, mom, did you say stupid? I said, yes, I did. I said, she was stupid cute. It was actually a compliment. Right? <laughs> she's like, you can't say stupid. Stupid is a fuck word. I was like, I think I either just won or failed as a parent. I'm really not actually clear which one of those two things that was. (laughs) I was like, you're brilliant. That's so smart. (laughs) Yes. Don't call people stupid. That's true. (laughs) How amazing is that? (laughs) Right? I mean, I wish I could see the world with that much clarity. You told me not to say the bad words, mom. So, <laughs> oh, so good. No, I, w- I, w- uh, I was worried, like, you know, you, you said something and then you said something inappropriate and then you had to explain, <laughs> explain it to them. Oh, I did that so long ago. We sat down and we had a conversation. I was like, all right, here's the thing. This is also happens a lot in my movie, uh, P.S. So you'll you'll be seeing these conversations like actively fold out in front of you if you ever watch the movie uh, when it comes out. The um, uh, I sat my children down. I was like, here's a list of the words that mom accidentally occasionally says that if you say in school or in front of your friends, you will get in trouble for. I'm actually going to actively teach you this list so you don't make a mistake. I'm going to slip up. I know I will. These are adult words that sometimes adults use, but you will get in trouble if you use them. That's it. That was my tactic on it. I don't know if it was the right one. I don't know. The idea that there's a right way to parent PS also another bull nonsense thing. (laughs) No, but, but uh, at the same time, I kind of like it when writing for children's programming and you're not allowed to swear, you have to come up with elaborate insults that's that are just really creative and really funny. And I'm like, we should use those more often. (laughs) Oh, totally. It's so much more creative than using your basic standards. It's absolutely true. (laughs) And even then standards and practices will complain because like, oh, you can't have Corella calling the morons. That's too negative. But Corella's the bad guy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The idea that we still have standards and practices is just hilarious to me. I mean, my 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 father is a, a grammar person. He loves good grammar and he's a lawyer and he speaks really clearly and eloquently. It's just a freaking pleasure to listen to him. He never swears. And um, uh, and we had an amazing conversation the other day where he almost sighed and he said, you know, language is changing. I was like, yeah, dad, it is right. <laughs> sort of moment because I remember in high school being like oh that's awesome right he's like that's not what that word means I was like you know in every context except this dinner table that is what that word means so clearly you're the one who's wrong here but the idea that that there's a way that things go to me right that language itself is an immovable force is utterly not true because we have old English and we have new English, right? And we have awesome is now does not mean the most incredible God thing in the entire world. It just means that's cool, right? So the idea that things don't change, again, things change. It's going to happen. You can't fight it. Go with it. Figure out how to use dripping in a sentence to mean someone looks really good. I don't know. I'm still working on that one. It sounds so dumb every time it comes out of my mouth. Funny. So bad. You're dripping. I don't know. It's just probably too old for that. <laughs> Ash got drip. Yo. <laughs> Can you imagine me saying that out loud? I'd be just like laughed out of the room immediately. It's so bad. <laughs> no, I was watching. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was watching um, a, le- um, a playthrough 
uh, uh-huh. an April uh, <laughs> a playthrough of this really terrible game, and the streamer goes, and the character's name is Trip, and the streamer randomly goes, <laughs> this bit made me laugh so much. The streamer randomly goes, Trip God Drip, yo. <laughs> Somebody had to record that line. You're like, I'm so sorry. Right? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love how, how everything changes. <laughs> I'm trying to be in. I just don't want to be the old lady who's like, what are you doing? Crazy kids. I mean, I'm sure I will be, but I'm, I'm still just like, I don't know. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to fight it. I want to go with it. I want to wear whatever Zara is selling in 2039. I don't know. That's a terrible idea, probably. Fast fashion is not good. That's true, right? <laughs> what well, you know? You, you're telling me you don't go outside dressed up in supreme outfits and all that oh, shit. <laughs> anytime I can, anytime I can. I try not to be fearful. I try to be like, hmm, I like that. Right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna age. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> but what 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 point do you become like too old? Do you feel like oh, I'm I'm getting too old? I'm just I'm done trying to understand the world around me. Oh, I'm there. I'm totally there. I, I mean, I guess I, I'm too old. I'm too old to worry about whether they're going to bother coming along the journey for me. I got to do my journey, right? And, and I, I'm going to encourage everyone to figure out their own journey and figure out how to do it. That to me is what my mission is as an old lady is to go, all I can control is my version of this and encourage everyone else to find their version of it. Um, and I don't mean that in the snowflake sense, because I mean that in the sense of like, if I don't do that, then I'm not going to be as good a member of society. I'm not going to be as good a member of the community. If I go, I'm just going to lock myself in my house with my 10 cats, dogs in my case, but, um, uh, you know, and just hide away from the rest of you. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to have a conversation with a 15 year old when I'm 70 and have it matter to them and want to hear what they say. Um, you know, that's, that's always been my, my tactic as a parent has been to go, who are you? Right. Like you're not, you're not me. You're half me. That's true. You are just genetically 50% me. And so there's going to be a lot of similarities, but oh my gosh, what the heck is that thing? Let's figure this out together. Right. When there's a huge emotional outburst, instead of being like, you can't do that. Be like, how do we control this? Right. How do we together find a way for you to get through this thing? And I guess that's, that's what I want for myself from my friends and and I'm lucky to have that. And that's what I want. Um, you know, I I mean, I, I, I do think that parenting has evolved, but there used to be so much, this is how you do it. Right. And I remember my parents saying that this is how it's done, not knocking my parents, wonderful people, but that was the way they were taught, right? Children are expected to behave like this. And I always had a little bit of like, but why? Right. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. But you know, and I really want the why to matter just as much, right? We don't say swear words, so we don't get in trouble, right? We're nice to people because then they're going to be more likely to be nice back, right? You're mean to people. You're putting mean stuff out in the world and that's what's going to come back to you. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I want to be 70 and talking to young people. I just feel like, you know, I'm in my 30s and even even I'm finding it uh, difficult to keep up with all the new words that pop up every every couple months. And I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, cross 40. And it's like, great. 
You guys are funny over there. You're so funny. The other thing that I can't, I can't keep up with. I used to know who all the singers were and the celebrities. And there's pictures of people out there. I'm like, who are you? This is not, I don't even understand what's going on in the world. Right. But I think that's because we sort of refine our taste. I think in our teens and twenties, we're exposed to as much stuff as humanly possible. And, and it's okay to then say, all right, now here's, here's the, here's the thing that means something to me. Here's the bit of it that I'm going to take with me. I also think that, that things like pop music, music and, um, and, uh, you know, television that's intended for younger audiences, um, deliberately don't have the depth of emotional content. Um, because a, those people haven't developed that depth of emotional content yet. People who are, who are younger in their lives. And so the things that appeal to me as I get older are the things that are like, Ooh, you just challenged the hell out of my sense of self, right? You, you just actually gave me something to think about and feel about that expanded my world instead of like making me feel comfortable in this narrow zone where I've lived my entire time. Um, so I think that's, I think that's kind of one of the reasons that that happens. It's like, I, it just doesn't matter what you're doing. It's not enough for me. I want more. I want something deeper. Ooh, I'm getting very existential here. Isn't this great? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Cause I, I, I love learning new things and I love uh, listening to other people's perspective on things. And it's mm-hmm. not just, I do a voice. <laughs> Yeah, no, thing. <laughs> no, no. I happen to have a voice people apparently want to listen to. I don't know how I got that lucky. That's dumb luck in my case. And then I worked hard to figure out how to manipulate it to be the actual job. But, um, but no, I think it's much more interesting to think about, you know, why we're here and how we want to connect. That's, that's the game for me. And, and do you think that uh, it's funny because I feel like in the age of social media where it's easy to connect with people, we're so disconnected. I feel like that's the ultimate irony of it all, isn't it? Well, I don't think it's really connecting. I think, and it's really interesting because there's probably like five, five to seven fans who, you know, DM'd me or wrote me something or something where we started an actual conversation, but 98% of the time it's a one-off, right? And you can't know someone in a one-off. You can't. So when I, when I have these repeated interactions with people, that's where we're forming an actual relationship. But yelling out into the void is not being a human. Yelling out into the void is like, if I stepped outside my door and I was like, car that's passing across the street, you need to listen to me, right? Like that's, that's the equivalent of, you know, sending out a single tweet. That is not connecting with humanity. That's just yelling. But this, again, like you said, right, the chances that I have to then have a relationship on the DMs, <laughs> even, right? Um, you know, the people who send me something and we have an actual mail exchange, like those kinds of things matter so much more to me. I want a real in-depth relationship. I don't want, um, you know, one-offs. But P.S., you're not going to be able to form that in-depth relationship with everybody out there either, right? You are going to find your people. You're going to throw your net as wide as you can and then be like, ah, see, I got you and the rest of you. Okay. Uh, it was nice to meet you, right? That's, that's the way it's always been for me. My, my um, social group has always been, I'm very comfortable in a new situation. I love meeting new people, but from every element of my life, there's one to, one or two people who have kind of come along the rest of it with me. Right, one or two people with whom that in-depth relationship has truly formed, and sometimes that's a six-month period, and sometimes that's a four-year period in college, and those things. Um, but those people will be in my life forever. I don't, I don't like to let people go. Sometimes there's long times between our communications, but oh, when you find the people, you find the people, right? So good, so worth it. Keep looking. That there's the people are out there. No, uh, but but I feel like. Um... And it's interesting you mentioned, you know, the people who come and go on the show because 
I feel like the people who I remember the most are the people I still keep in contact with because those are the yes. people who, who I feel like have want to have like a genuine, genuine conversation with me and just be like, you know, I really like what you do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they right. actually mean that it's not just, oh, I'm sorry. I can't come on your show. I am busy, but good luck on your podcast. Okay. Yeah. You totally yeah. mean that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. But that might also be the level of depth of human contact that that person is interested in. Right. And I I mean, I can't comprehend that at all because obviously I want to get right the heck into it. But um, but that's OK. <laughs> Teach their own. Good luck. <laughs> Have fun out there being protective of yourself. <laughs> that's yeah, and, and I'm not You're saying okay. like, I mean, I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not saying like, you know, you should give like all your personal information, but no. I mean, if, you, if you don't want to pay me all your money, you know, you give me your credit card number, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Oh, totally. Right. <laughs> totally. Oh, it's so funny, isn't it? No, it's true. But I mean, look. We're being able to have an amazing discussion and it's not like I'm like, great, here's my address, right? Here's right. You, you don't, there's there's we all have limits. We all have ways in which we have to protect ourselves. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. I've, I, I know a lot of people who live in so much fear and I did for a long time, too. I suffered with a lot of anxiety and I was really able to sort of understand where it had come from by looking at it intently. Um, and come out on the other side of it and live in a world where I don't doubt the things that come out of my mouth and I don't replay conversations from two years ago. This is my 20s, right? Like, I remember my 20s being in the shower and being like, right, oh, okay, I have to have person. I have to do that thing. I have to, right? And now I just have them. <laughs> right now, I just don't live in a world where I'm going to let that control how I approach things. I think, I don't know, that's how it works for me. But not dictating how it should go. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it just doesn't work the same for everybody. Okay, did you did you own a No Fear T-shirt? Please tell me you did, because that would oh my be gosh. awesome. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wasn't so much a T-shirt kind of a person. I was much more of a sort of a – in high school, I was vintage clothes. And then I was um, – kind of like I guess slightly rock you know in my I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to be in my 20s I was just trying to fit in and now I'm sort of like ooh, that sparkly thing makes me happy I have an inordinate number of socks with sparkles on them mostly because my kids whenever they see them they're like those are cool I'm like we should buy all those socks those are great socks so no I don't think I ever had a no fear shirt though I was too girly for that <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like, you know, living life without fear. You know, come on, man. You know, no, no fear T-shirts. You know, the '90s. Yeah. That was, that was, oh, yeah. that was the peak. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that I wasn't aware of it. It was also my parents, and I bless them for this. Right? They were like, "No, you're an individual. You don't need to do what the entire crowd is doing." And I was like, "But I really want that same shirt that everybody has." And they were like, "We're not going to spend the money on it." And oh god, that drove me crazy. Right? It was infuriating at the time, but I look back on it now. I'm like, yeah, I guess you know they're right. Now I don't feel the need to go along with with the way everything did i've tried all the versions of it and i'm so much happier when i just make myself happy um and ask that other people don't get in the way of that that's all yeah that's it that's the whole course of life right <laughs> like... and, and you don't need that you don't need to be you know you don't need to follow the trends you don't need to you know you don't need to be like oh i i need to be up to date with everything of what people are talking about or what have you or Oh, I need to see this movie or whatever. It's like, no, you don't, you don't. No, but I th I do think that the reason you do that when you're young is because you're trying to figure out what you like. I do think that that's what it is. I'll never forget. It was probably, I was probably my late twenties, right? Early thirties. Do you remember when candy apple green, like neonish candy apple green became like the color? And I was like, 
why is everyone wearing this color? It's clearly terrible and looks bad on everyone. But everybody had a candy apple green something. So I got like a fake leather jacket or something than candy apple green. And I remember the very next year when candy apple green was no longer the color. I was like, see, I was right. That was not an enduring fad. <laughs> but I bought the jacket anyway. <laughs> Life. <laughs> I mean, could be worse. You could have bought one of those like eight ball jackets and now it could have been oh. stuck and it's like, ugh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right. Oh, things I'm glad I didn't spend money on. Things I'm glad. <laughs> you know, I say this, but I'm looking at all the collection of toys I've spent money on and I'm like, oh, what is my life? <laughs> Do they bring you joy? Do they make you happy? I mean, yeah. Then done. That's easy. No problem. That's like my shoe collection. I have an inordinate shoe collection, but shoes don't expire. You know what I mean? They don't. I mean, I guess there's ones that are super in fashion and stuff like that. But for me, it's the same thing, right? It's like, oh, you know what I really like? That weird pair of floral shoes. That's what I want. And then I buy them and then I have them forever. So I don't think that you should knock yourself for things that make you uniquely happy. Just don't buy the thing because it's uniquely supposed to be making everybody happy. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's not a thing. I don't think that's a thing anymore because everyone nowadays no. is like, it's all memes. It's all like, you know, it's all fleeting, famous fleeting, like whatever's popular this month is going to, is going to be no, no, no longer popular the next month. I mean, everything's just like, like that, like that, just, just going. I think totally, but I think that's a little bit by design. I think that that's our, our capitalist world trying to make sure we want the next thing, need the next thing, getting to the next thing, all of that. So, you know, I, I mean, I know people who follow every single one of the trends, right. And who are slightly ahead of them. So they're already getting rid of it by the time everybody else is doing it. Um, uh, but I, I think that that's, that's, that's capitalism trying to win. And I'm not really knocking capital. I don't know. I'm not going to get into, you know, the politics of what the heck we should be doing. Cause I don't get it. Um, but I do think that instead of, instead of listening to a crowd, tell you what to do, um, figuring out what you genuinely love. That's why I'm like, no, collect things. Are you kidding? If you love something, do it, but you're not doing it because everybody else in the entire world is doing it or because, Twitter told you to do it or because, you know, you got a Facebook ad that made you think, oh, I guess that's the new, you know, shoe with 17 platforms and 34 ties. I don't know what to do. I guess I have to buy that. If you're not doing it for that and doing it because it actually makes you happy, if socks with sparkles make you happy, buy socks with sparkles. That's okay. Yeah, no, it makes me happy. And yeah, I mean, it takes up a lot of shelf space, but it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> it, it's... It makes me Did happy. Do you have another plan for that wall? No? So fine. Whatever. I don't know. It's not a problem. I mean, I love Transformers. I'm not going to stop collecting Transformers. Oh. You know, I mean, come on. They're the best. They are more than meets the eye. I'll tell you what. Uh, look, it, Anna, if you're trying to be like my favorite person, then, you know, you're doing a good job of that Oh, gosh. I, I hope I'm not trying to be, but I really like how well we're getting along. Sure. <laughs> like Anna really wants that best of 2022 <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> no, I just want a true human connection halfway around the world. That's all I ask. <laughs> uh, no, oh. no, I, I love this. Oh, I don't want this to end, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's been 90 minutes you guys this is amazing i don't even understand that well let's make a deal 
I'm going to talk to Elle. Let's see if we can both come on the show together. I think that would be so much fun. And like I said, she's just one of my favorite people. And I know you'd love to talk to her. Um, so uh, I, I'll just be back. We're just going to have another conversation in a little bit. And that's going to be fantastic. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, but, fine. But, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, be, but before we get going, like, can you yes. give us an update on what you're currently working on? I know you mentioned like a live action movie. Can you give us a little bit more details on that? Yeah, so so that's the that's my major project right now. I'm obviously still auditioning and all those kinds of things. Um, you know, we're very lucky in the voiceover world to have lots of opportunities always coming our way. But the movie I'm working on is called Nora, and it's a very personal story. Um, my family left the left LA in the middle of the pandemic, but before we'd ever left, uh, we I had written this script about the fear of you know moving back home to suburbia to focus on your kids instead of pursuing your dream. Um, and that's really what the movie is about. Um, and, uh, Nora is a musician. She's not an actor, so it's not really me. It's not at all me, you guys at all. Um, but it's about the difficulty of, of trying to put your focus somewhere where your heart isn't. And it's about the difficulty of, uh, trying to be something that you're not and trying to conform to what other people think you ought to be instead of, uh, being true to yourself. Um, and it's a positive journey and it's got amazing songs written by amazing, my amazing friend, Noah Harmon. Um, and, uh, it's kind it's, I, I always, it's not a musical, but there's these amazing musical interludes in it. And that's what we're working on now is these, uh, music videos. So when, when something happens to Nora, that's highly emotional, a song comes to her and it comes to her in the form of a, a full-fledged ridiculous music video. Um, so that's, that's the, the journey that we're on now. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. It's so, it's so great to be able to pour, um, your heart into a story that obviously means a lot to me, um, and, and find the positive outcome on the other side of it. I think that's, as I've said, that's my goal in life is figure out how to, how to come out on the, the happy end of things. So pursue those dreams, guys, do it. Don't hesitate. Do it. It sounds, it sounds like a great coming of age story. And, um, I hope, uh, I hope those song uh, royalties don't aren't aren't too much of a pain to to secure. Well, no, that's the best thing. So the music was all written; uh, it's original music written by one of my dear best friends, who's one of the most amazing musicians in the entire world. So you know he'll he'll get to make money if I get to do amazing things with the music. So I own all of the rights to everything, um, and we wrote them together. And it was uh, he still lives down in Los Angeles, and we had started writing them before we left, and then we've been able to do some you know some things long distance and and that, but. Oh God, when you get to work with creative people who, whose work you love and respect, it's just so easy, right? You're just like, I can't believe you just wrote this song for my movie. I can't believe that I just got handed this thing. And then he coached me through the singing parts of it, which I used to be a singer, but I'm definitely, it's not my strong, my strongest um, skill set now. And just the amazing, again, like the amazing love that every single person who's worked on this thing with me has offered to me as a, and supported me as an artist through. I'm just incredibly lucky to have a community making it with me because without that, it wouldn't be the movie that it is. And I, I can't wait for it to come out, but give me a little time. Got to finish it up. Got to wrap it up. And then Nora will be a, will be out as soon as I can figure out how to make it make money. That's, uh, it's like last on my list of things to worry about. <laughs> like make the thing that's in your heart and then trust that somehow you'll be able to pay everybody back afterwards. Uh, it's a bad business plan, but that's movie making. That's just what it is. And um, can you give us any updates on what Ash is currently doing? 
Um, well, I get to have another recording session soon, so she's not going anywhere. That's all I can tell. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I know what you guys do at this point. Um, you know, we're having, having finished my cycle as newest legend, we're mostly in update mode and stuff like that. And, uh, I don't think I'm going to do anything that's particularly heavily lore based lately. So, you know, it'll come back around to my storyline, but I think right now we're focusing on adding the new guys in. So I can't wait to see where everything goes. It's so exciting. I love it. It's like, I get just as excited as you do because I only know my section of things, right? And the the little bit where we talk to each other secretly behind each other's backs, right? But we're not supposed to say anything. So we're very careful about it. Um, we're clever people who don't want to get fired, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this, she's not going anywhere. <laughs> and... Um... Yeah, thank you so, so much for doing this. This has been oh. a wonderful conversation, and I hope that this that that um, we get to do it again and again and again. <laughs> Absolutely. My absolute pleasure. It was such a great morning for me. I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is real. <laughs> so anytime, we'll be in touch. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.